Good morning, everyone. Here we are in Genesis 2. And I find it interesting that right away, as we get into Genesis 2, we get God's depiction of creating man and creating woman for man. And right away in the second chapter of the Bible, that takes prominence. And I think it shows how important it is that God made woman and man for each other. I love the account in Genesis 2, chapter 18, or verse 18, when it says, It is not good for the man to be alone, and I will make a helper suitable for him. If you look that up in its original language, it really means to make someone fit for, or even to make someone opposite of. And isn't it interesting that many times in our relationships, we're attracted to somebody who's different than us. And, and there's great reason for that. I mean, going through this journey of life, there are so many things that need to get done in order for us to have successful lives, whether it be in the home, in career, in raising children, and even just our dispositions. A lot of times on our own, we find ourselves shortcoming. We we can't seem to accomplish everything we would in life on our own because we just don't have those natural giftings in all areas. We have certain areas, but in certain areas we have weakness. And God designed it that a lot of times we would be attracted to someone who's different for us, who's fit for us, who's opposite of us, so that when we come together, we're actually stronger together. It's not good for man to be alone. Ah, you know, I, I think of my own um, marriage, which is, you know, a very good one. And gosh, Kelly and I were married in 95. So um, we're coming on 28 years of marriage. And definitely, you know, we are different. Um, I'm more of a, a risk taker. I'm a little bit louder, more talkative, more you know, leadership oriented and as far as kind of like taking charge of something. Whereas my wife is definitely more cautious and, uh, you know, at times that would, could like put us in conflict, me being kind of this go-getter, let's go. And, and maybe not always thinking through everything and her being concerned about what the consequences are or what problems could come from these decisions and many times that's slowed us down, that's altered our course, that's helped us to be more wise, um, the fact that Kelly is cautious. So it, 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 it really has been a blessing to us. Um, you know, I, I think she helps me to see things from a perspective that I wouldn't normally have. And, uh, you know, I've helped her sometimes to to expand her thinking or her action or activities. So she's rightfully slowed me down or helped me to make better decisions. And I've probably challenged her, encouraged her to stretch her boundaries. So it's been really good to have someone fit for, opposite, suitable for us. And I, I hope it has been for you too. You know, I, I think sometimes there are things that were, I've grown or changed where she's grown or changed, but you know, there, there's probably things in any marriage where Kelly would say, 
you know, I wish Jay was a little bit different in this area, or maybe where I would think, you know, I wish Kelly were a little bit different in this area. And sometimes it's, it's kind of too bad that we are attracted to each other in, in an opposite fashion. But then later on, we're kind of wishing someone was like more like us. And I think we, the point I'm trying to make is sometimes we stop appreciating those differences and we need to realize that they're God given, that they're helpful to us. And even though sometimes if you would want your partner to be different or they would want you to be different, we need to celebrate the person that God gave us and realize that it's caused a lot of good in our lives that God gave us someone fit for us, opposite of us. Um, I love this account of God bringing the animals before man. And out of the ground, Yahweh, God formed every beast of the field, verse 19, and every bird of the sky. And he brought each to the man to see what we could call it. So at this point, there, there's no woman. And I would, I see man, as he's naming these animals, looking for someone that will fit with him. He's looking for that mate. He's looking for someone to spend his life with and possibly becoming like increasingly disappointed, not in God's beautiful creation of animals, but like, hey, where's the one that's for me? Where's the one that's going to be just right for me? And whatever man called the living creature, that was his name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to and to the birds of the sky and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. There was not found someone to come alongside him and help him that was fit for him, that was opposite of him. And imagine all the animals he named. And it, that's kind of a lonely statement there. Um, there was not found a helper suitable for Adam. Adam's alone still and having someone more like him, but yet opposite of him to go through life with him. And and it, 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 it's interesting. So what happens next? Listen, so Yahweh, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. And then he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And Yahweh, God fashioned the rib, which he had taken from the man into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Now, after all this time, Adam's named all these animals. There's no one suitable for me. And he gets in this deep sleep. And now, for the first time, imagine this. God's going to bring forth woman in all her beauty, in all her uh, differences, but yet similar, suitable, fit, light for Adam and he brings her before and then the man says and I just I really do picture him you like wow like just kind of stunned and like I can't believe this this is the one for me and it says that look at this one finally in in the LSB version this one finally is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she's just like me she's different but yet she's like me this one shall be called woman, because this one was taken out of man. And then these amazing words that are carried forth by our Lord and Savior Jesus and brought into the New Testament. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not 
ashamed. Wow. He brings this beautiful woman naked in front of him and said, Adam, this is the one for you. <laughs> There's so much could be said there. I mean, one of the things that I want us to see is that God created us to, as we saw in chapter one, to bear the image and likeness of him. He made us in his likeness and then to be fruitful and multiply. And he wanted to multiply his likeness in people, his goodness in people, his God likeness in people so that we would bear his image and his likeness to this world. And he wanted us to be fruitful and multiply. And he brought this woman to man naked. I mean, it did not, I'm sure, take long for them to figure out uh, how to procreate. And God wanted them to. God wanted them to have offspring and to be fruitful and multiply. And, and, and notice he didn't bring man, man. He didn't bring, you know, he brought man, a woman, one that, that was opposite that could fit for him. And even our body parts are opposite, but fit together for the mission that God had for us. And the man is to marry a woman and make her a wife and have children if if that be the way that God chooses to use them. You know, some people can fulfill God's command to bear the image and likeness of God and be fruitful and multiply through discipleship, through the investment into others and not necessarily through offspring. But indeed here, God did create man and an opposite woman and they are to come together to be one. And, you know, just a couple remaining things on marriage is that I think the biggest thing that I've seen in what mar makes marriages not work is when people are two and not one. When they're not seeking to be one, he said, you shall leave your father and mother and the two shall become one flesh. And, and really, we're supposed to go through life being one and seeking to to prioritize that oneness. So not doing something your spouse is completely against, like instead seeking unity with your spouse, seeking to make decisions together. Now, you know, we could get into so much more, and I do believe the husband is supposed to be a leader in this regard, clearly, biblically, but yet he and they should be seeking to be united and to be one and to prioritizing oneness and being one flesh, working together in the journey of life, helping one another, appreciating each other's differences and weaknesses, providing strengths where the other one is weak, and being together a team for the glory of God. Um, you know, as we as we do what honors our spouse, that promotes oneness, and we should be thinking about in life you know, how can I honor my wife or my husband? And how can I promote us being one together, being one flesh together? So praise God for his priority. Think about that. In the second chapter of the Bible, to right away create woman for man, to bring about a wife, to bring about oneness. Uh, it says and shows the priority of God for us in marriage and may we value marriage as much as God does and seek to be one under his head. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you all. I look forward to this continued journey together.